bit of news about the Pirates front office. Bob Nutting, the owner, wants to put Jesus in charge of payroll. That's right, Jesus H. Christ, the popular savior, big-time brand name. You've heard of him. Nutting heard that Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And Nutting said, now that guy can stretch a budget. Uh, Nutting also hopes Jesus can maximize profit with the all-you-can-eat seats as well. Now, this is not a done deal. Jesus is also fielding a very competitive offer from Long John Silvers. Uh, there was one major glitch with the Pirates hiring Jesus. Nutting says the Pirates can't afford to employ all the disciples. He's asking Jesus to work with the racing pierogies instead. Team President Frank Coonerly is hoping Jesus can turn water into Jim Beam. And then quickly added, uh, for the Lexus Club. Uh, General Manager Neil Huntington said, Who's this Jesus? He sounds Dominican. We need to send him to double A. I don't want him to go super two. If Jesus does work with the Pirates, he will be directly supervised by Neil, uh, Bob Nutting's grandnephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. More on this news as it develops. Sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Now, to me, that sounded really funny. Stuff like that is what Deadspin and Barstool try to do, except they're not funny like me. It sounded funny. If you look at the blog, I think it's really funny. I haven't dismissed the possibility that you're too stupid to get it. That's like I read the inspiration for this was, although it wasn't nearly as biting as the stuff he did. I read the biography of Michael O'Donoghue this weekend. He was uh, Mr. Mike on Saturday Night Live and a longtime, not only performer, but writer for that TV program and a uh, big cog in National Lampoon Magazine. Uh, I just thought he was the greatest. And, you know, Doug Kenny, Henry Beard, we've talked about that. Those are my biggest influences. People ask me my big influences. It's weird because it's Doug Hearth, Ric Flair, Cream Magazine, National Lampoon Magazine, and early Saturday Night Live. And I do a sports show. Think about that. I didn't mention one sports guy there except, you know, marginally Ric Flair. Uh, check out my my new blog, which which basically does that, but has a, a few extra, a few uh, additional material. It's called Pilot's Prospects, as in Pontius Pilot. Because without him, the whole born-again thing doesn't happen, you know? you got to kill him if he's going to be born again, if he's going to rise from the dead. I mean, the guy comes off as a villain, but he enabled Christianity. Think about it. Come on. Put your put your noodle to work, dear collar. Yoy! And, uh, by the way, when I start Pilot's Prospect as a... Uh, it's a blog about the dawn of Christianity. And if you don't subscribe... I will go bankrupt, morally bankrupt, ethically bankrupt, and I will be denied three times before the cock crows. So this is in your hands. 84 Lumber sponsored that, right? Boy, I wonder if they wanted to. Showing you the bright way to build since 1956. Uh, we've been talking about John Tortorella and his diatribe because Jim Rutherford said that 
torch scratched Jack Johnson for personal reasons, not hockey reasons. That's certainly what uh, Rutherford implied. And then Jack Johnson said he was glad to go to a team with a winning mentality. And, and where Torch comes off as an even bigger ass bag than normal with his rant about the Penguins and Johnson and Rutherford is that he has such a gutter mouth. In the story about this at theathletic.com, we talked to the author Aaron Portsline a little bit ago. Tortorella uses the F word seven times and the S word and balls and the phrase pisses me off and ass a whole bunch of times. Torch just sounds like a raving lunatic, which is exactly what he is. And then he implies that the Blue Jackets are going to go after Jack Johnson because of what Johnson said. Torch is just a buffoon who talks before he thinks. If he's not careful, he might get elected president. Uh, and Jack Johnson said what he said, and then he backtracked. But what did Johnson say that was wrong? What he said was unfortunate, a little bit insulting, but what did he say that was wrong? Johnson is coming from an organization that's never won a playoff series to an organization that's won five Stanley Cups, including three inside the last decade. So that will entail a big change in culture for Jack Johnson. Columbus just wants to make the playoffs Pittsburgh wants to win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, different culture, different mentality, different lot of things. I'm Mark Mann, but you already knew that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, people love to beat on the fancy stats when it comes to looking at the Penguins roster and the acquisition of Jack Johnson. I'm not necessarily a big believer in fancy stats because you can't transplant advanced metrics from team to team and from system to system. Now, I'm not necessarily a big believer in the intangibles either, but if you are, the Penguins have a lot more grit, desire, leadership, and versatility by getting Jack Johnson and Matt Cullen. I look at the Penguins roster and I think their defense core is very good. You got the stars up front. You got the two-time cup winning goalie between the sticks. I think the Penguins are the team to beat in the East, although Washington has managed to navigate the offseason very well when it could have been a disaster. Uh, the pissing match with Torts, that doesn't matter. What matters is the Penguins got better, and some moves have yet to be made. Uh, the Penguins signed a bunch of minor league guys, well, borderline guys, two-way contract guys. Uh, four of them to deals, uh, the biggest name being Jimmy Hayes, depth forward, got a two-way deal. He had 19 goals a couple years back for Florida. He's okay. Uh, our buddy Matt Bartkowski, the defenseman from Mount Lebanon, signed with Minnesota. That seems a good fit. I think he'll make that team and, and get a jersey. Chris Kunitz signed with Chicago. James Van Riemsdyk signed with Philadelphia. That helps until they trade Wayne Simmons. Then it doesn't help as much. Uh, Jay Beagle got $12 million over four years from Vancouver. Jay Beagle, $12 million, four years from Vancouver. A fourth-line center got that. Yikes. Antoine Roussel got the same also from Vancouver. It was three-point-something, but pretty close. Three years, 
a couple of fourth liners, Beagle and Russell. Those are the big gets for Vancouver. I hope they don't think they replaced the Sedins. Uh, Mike Green stinks, and he's old, and he got almost $11 million to stay in Detroit for two more years. Detroit should have paid Green that to leave. Here, buddy, 11 mil, take a hike. We never want to see you in Detroit again. Uh, the best signing was Vegas getting Paul Statsny. Three years at 19.5 mil, and he is a perfect fit. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I can't get over uh, the torch thing, him going ballistic. And you know what I've come to realize? Once Johnson put pen to paper, people stopped bitching on Twitter. I came to realize people who were bitching about the Penguins getting Johnson were like just a, a vocal minority of assbags who just like to see themselves on Twitter and like to engage people like me, except I don't do that anymore. I don't validate you. You know what I always do when I think, boy, I should give this guy a piece of my mind? I click on his profile on Twitter. And it's usually like 13 followers. And I think, why do I want to give some jamoke with 13 followers the pleasure of engaging somebody like me with the looks, the fame, the money, everything I got going for me? Why would I want you to, to feel that? So I don't. I think Jack Johnson's a real good signing. I think it's going to pay off. I think that Penguins defense core from top to bottom is among the best in the league now. Now that's assuming Latang comes all the way back from injury, assuming Doom and Mata play like they did, and Schultz continues how he's playing. Schultz is a weird guy to evaluate. Any of you feel the same way? I think Schultz is really good. I think he's a great fit for Pittsburgh. But he plays like an odd way. Not quite like Kessel up front, but pretty close. I mean, Schultz hits, but not a lot. He blocks shots, his share. But mostly he's a puck guy. He's so good on the puck, both in his end and getting it out of his end. You know, he's a defenseman to be sure, but he just, well, like like JR said, Rutherford. Now they got a puck mover on every pair. They got Schultz, Latang, and Jacko. Although I think that's kind of selling Olimata short. I think he's, you know, in the category of the guys I've mentioned when it comes to moving the puck. 412-333-9939. we got Greg and Randy on hold. Please do stay on hold. We'll get to you, I swear, the minute we come back for break. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing, brother? Hey, double M. Thanks for taking the call. Getting the fast lane, Grandma. I'm ready to go to Tim Hortons for some fat-free donuts. The X at 105.9. I got a tweet that made a good comparison. When Jack Johnson said he was glad to get to a team with a winning mentality upon leaving Columbus and signing as a free agent with Pittsburgh, it's not like what Garrett Cole said when he left the Pirates to go to Houston. Except the Pirates weren't dumb enough to bitch like Tortorella because they knew what Garrett Cole said was right. Tortorella and Kika Line and their GM, the fans out there too, they seem to think that team's done something or won something or has some kind of nobility and prestige that it just has never earned. They've been in the league 18 years, they've made the playoffs four times, and have never won a playoff series. 
they're jabronis. They're enhancement talents. That's all they are. And for Torts to go on that rant indicates that they they are more than that. And they've just never proven they're more than that. And when your star player is already planning an exit strategy after his contract runs out following the coming season, it just it just would have behooved Torts to shut up. But he just never shuts up. But don't worry, it will all be over soon. Rounders reference, I am on fire today. Let's go to uh, Greg. Greg, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What's up, Double M? What up, Greg? That uh, monologue, man, was fantastic. What, the uh, Pirates hiring Jesus monologue? Dude, epic. Yeah, I don't know if people get it, though. They're not all as smart as you and me, Greg. Oh, man, I you hit... That's him. That was perfect, especially with the Jesus reference. Sending the Dominican down uh, double A. Dude, it was fantastic. Well, you know, the real Jesus was not Dominican. <laughs> I believe he was Puerto Rican. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Randy in the car. Randy, you're on with Mark. Good day, Mark. Right. So my take from the Johnson comments was, he was just saying he was grateful to not end up at some bum team like the Islanders. Jack Johnson was 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 uh, putting over, showing appreciation for the opportunity he's getting in Pittsburgh, exactly. not ripping Columbus. So exactly. I, I understand towards flipping out because of what Jim Rutherford said. Because honestly, I love Jim. He's doing a great job. He'd have been better served not saying that. Because yeah. it's really none of his business why Johnson got scratched. And to intimate there was a, a grudge between Torts and Jacko, that would go contrary to everything I've read about the relationship between the two because apparently they got along very well. I mean, Jack Johnson's half a nutcase as well. But but the stuff that Jack Johnson said Torts really had no right to get mad about. I think what Rutherford meant was basically a sell job to everybody that was complaining that it was a bad time. Well, I, I think so, too, but he did it at Torts' expense. Sure, sure. I did. mean, Torts doesn't have to be a prop, it's, you know, for yeah. Jim to convince the Penguins fans it's a good signing. That'll play out on the ice, but I, I don't know. I don't think Jim reads the internet. I mean, I know he's on Twitter, but he never posts, so I wonder how often he's online. Uh, I just think the people who thought it's a bad signing are a, a nutty, very small minority. And, and exactly. also, not cognizant of the fact it doesn't really matter who the number 5D is. It doesn't matter who the fourth line left wing is. I mean, not really. I mean, I'll hail you, I, Ian Cole. I, I, yeah, the Ian Cole brigade is still still riding roughshod all over Pittsburgh, especially now that he got paid <laughs> 4.25 mil per year for three years. But, but good on Cole. Whenever I talk about Cole, I don't want to make it seem like I'm ripping him. I'm ripping people who overestimate Ian Cole. He was not the reason we lost. And that includes Colorado because they overpaid Ian Cole, <laughs> but, but more power to him. But no, the uh, the absence of Ian Cole wasn't why the Penguins were eliminated. Uh, the fourth line not being good enough wasn't why the Penguins were eliminated. I mean, a lot of reasons go into it, but, but really you can't single out guys on the bottom half of the depth chart of being singularly effective or or damaging in a playoff series. I mean, let's let's be blunt. If Phil Kessel scores like he should, the Penguins win that series. And I'm not blaming Phil. 
I'm using that as a, as a response to those who act like having Ian Cole would have won it. They still had plenty to win it, but what needed to win it wasn't the bottom of the roster. It was the top of the roster. And yeah, guys like Latang and Murray have gotten a bit of heat. And I understand that because they contribute every game. And if they didn't as much as needed, well, put it this way, they're more logical scapegoats for losing in the second round than the absence of Ian Cole. You're absolutely right. Of course I am. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You know what I just watched on YouTube just to, to, to have a laugh? Polanco charging toward home plate when the ball's foul and then not being able to tag up. What a maroon. Seriously, you have to be as dumb as dirt to pull a faux pas like that. Because you have to know. You're taught when you're... How old are kids now when they start playing baseball? Like five, six years old, right? You're taught when you're five or six years old that you can't score if the ball lands foul. But you can't tag up if the ball's caught foul. I thought the outfielder, I mean, maybe he saw what Polanco was doing in, in, in breaking down the line on a foul ball. I thought the outfielder made a mistake catching a ball like halfway in the stands where Polanco could have tagged up. Maybe you let it drop there. I, I, I don't know. But uh, he caught it, and Polanco didn't tag, couldn't tag, failed to tag, and the Pirates lost by a run. You see, Polanco's one of those players. I understand he has marvelous gifts. But if that young man brained were lard, they wouldn't grease too big a pan. He ain't bright. He pulls a lot of mistakes. And to me, as a player and as an underachiever, you can't defend him, yet so many try. He's one guy. He's going to go from underachiever to out-and-out bust in pretty short order. 412-333-9930. One thing I want to say about Tortorella, too. Let's get back to some calls about the Johnson side. Now that it's sunk in, what do you think? Where's Cullen fit? Can Broussard play wing? And who gets traded? Somebody's getting traded. I can pretty much promise you that. And I think it's Broussard. The only upside to keeping Broussard to put him at wing is if he played well with Sid or with Gino, and then if Sid or Gino ever got hurt, then you have a legitimate second-line center. But I just don't think they're going to do that. I think they trade Broussard. What would you want for him, though? Would you want a, a like a pretty good seventh defenseman? Maybe you want that, and maybe you want... they got a million wings. You know what I could see happening, too? Here's here's a prediction I hope I'm wrong about. They talked about Sprong and Aston Reese having roster spots, right? I could see those two being totally betrayed. Then again, Sprong has to clear waivers to go to the minors. So he's going to be up in Pittsburgh. Does Reese, I don't think Reese has been around long enough to have to clear waivers. Just, you know, these are good problems to have because you've got a lot of depth to deal with. But then again, is it good depth? Or is it just a bunch of guys who are kind of mediocre? You know? I mean, if Rusty's on the fourth line, that's depth. And here's the thing about Rust being on the fourth line. I have, some, I, I have some people saying, well, if Brian Rust is on your fourth line, that's a really good fourth line. And it is, unless you're playing crappier players on the top three lines. But with Rusty, yeah, you're right. If he's on the fourth line, it's a real good fourth line. I see no good reason to pay a fourth liner $3.5 billion a year for four years. 
If he was going to be a fourth liner, they should not have signed him for that kind of money. And if that's the plan now to put him on that fourth line, they should trade him. It's not worth paying a fourth liner that kind of money. Here's a tweet from Vince Williams. People with nothing to lose are so quick to tell you what they would have done and what they wouldn't deal with. Okay, I have no idea what that means, Vince. Let me see if I can translate it loosely, okay? I think it means you're a ham and egger, you're barely in the league, you're barely in the lineup, and when you quit, you'll be broken five years. Is that kind of what it boils down to? That's what I take away from that, Vince. That's what I take away from that. Nothing to lose. You barely have anything to lose. You're just lucky you're in a business where mediocrity makes millions, and you won't have it very long past your retirement date. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, it's sexy. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Because I know more about announcing than any man alive. The X at 105.9. I'm told today is Sean Casey's birthday. The mayor. The pride of Upper St. Clair. The latter-day Lou Gehrig, former red pirate Detroit Tiger. And it says here he's 44. Case, sorry, bud. I would have thought you were a lot older than that. Case is kind of aged like Leland. His kids will call him Grandpa before he knows it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We're talking about the Jack Johnson signing. We've already talked about how the defense is going to fit together with, with Jacko on the blue line for Pittsburgh. They can either put Jack with Schultz and Mata with Alexiak and balance the pairs out, or put Mata with Schultz and have Jack with Alexiak and make that a very physical bottom pair. But where does Cullen fit? I'm not going to give you any scenarios. You've already heard Jim Rutherford put some out there. Like, you know, a center can move the wing. And, and he mentioned all three centers, Broussard, Shane, and Cullen. So how do you see the Penguins forwards line fitting together if they keep five centers? Who moves the wing and who plays with who? I'm betting it don't work out that way. I bet Broussard gets traded. Maybe not today or tomorrow. Maybe not even before the season starts. But I think Broussard will get traded. Let's go to Nate in Washington. Nate, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I was originally thinking about Johnson being on the bottom pairing and, and kind of comparing it to your – it's nice to have Rust on the fourth line, but do you really want Johnson on the bottom line making three and a half mil? Uh, but well, now, now don't forget. Mid- don't forget. The bottom pair in defense gets a it, lot more time than the, than the fourth line in hockey. Right. Right. So, I, I guess I think a lot of people are overthinking the, the number and the years, but a lot can happen in, in five years. He could be bought out. He could be traded. He could retire. Who knows? Yeah, but I think it kind of sucks, and I wrote about this in my trip column. I think it sucks that before Jack had even signed the contract, people were wondering when he could be bought out of it. I mean, welcome to Pittsburgh, buddy. Yeah, I we don't have a lot of long-term people signed anymore besides Crosby and Malkin, it seems. They, they, uh, GMJR kind of Yeah, except short. for Tang, Matt Murray, I mean, Hornquist. There's a bunch of them, bro. There's a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, sorry, I wasn't thinking. But, uh, but, uh, but, but the uh, the Penguins have had such a good run of putting a good team together, Jim Rutherford being the architect of that. I think the backlash to Johnson, while from a nutty minority, was way out of line. 
and showed lack of faith and lack of gratitude. But that's that's sports fans, bro, and not just the Pittsburgh either. All they ever I, want is more. That's all they win. ever want is more. But but Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson's better than Ian Cole. Okay, yeah. he's cheaper than Cole. He's better than Cole. And yet this city hangs on. I, I've never seen a bottom pair defenseman get idolized after his departure like Ian Cole. You know who else is better than Ian Cole? Ron Hainsey. You know who else is better than Ian Cole? Ben Lovejoy. You know who else is better than yeah. Ian Cole? Trevor Daly. How come we're not building statues of those guys in Pittsburgh? That's true. And I think Daly's not making crazy amount more than Cole. Well, but Cole, I mean, I want to say Daly got a three-year deal in Detroit, right? And don't forget, at that time, although I guess he was mostly okay this past year, but at that time the decision had to be made. Trevor Daly was having knee problems that had showed some signs of being chronic. Am I correct? I believe so because he had missed time with us. Yeah, now to be fair, he, he played 77 games last year. 56 for Pittsburgh the year before that. 82 in fifteen sixteen when he split time between Chicago and Pittsburgh. But uh, 77 games last year, so if you knew that, maybe you would have kept Trevor Daly, you know, because he can play the right side. He's a great puck mover, but you, you didn't know that. And I really, I, I, I don't know about you, Nate, I really like the Penguins' defense right now. I think they have six very good defensemen. I do as well. I wish they had something, somebody coming up. They, they, we used to always have a, a wow, they never really panned out like Dupree, but somebody coming up that was supposed to be chomping at the bit. Well, that's a good point, and it, it makes you sorry that Derek Pouliot didn't turn out to be what he was supposed to be. Right. Because he'd be the perfect guy to be there on the fringe and ready to jump in, but uh, he got high and he got traded in that order. Yep. And I think he still gets high. Isn't pot legal in Vancouver? Yes, it is. Well, there you go. He wins twice. Or not at all. Hey, why do you think they call it dope? Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Going to talk to Bob McLaughlin in just a little bit. We have Bob Grove, the Penguins expert in the five o'clock hour. Did anybody read the uh, the Torch diatribe? I don't think that's on video anywhere, is it? If it is, I haven't seen it. But just f this, f that, f him, effing, 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 f f f. He sounds like what he is—a raving lunatic. And uh, I understand him being upset at Rutherford, at Johnson, much less so. And here's a few things Torch said about Jack Johnson in his retort, get it, to what Jacko said about coming to a winning culture here in Pittsburgh, which Jack didn't mean any disrespect by that. He was trying to express how joyous he was to come to Pittsburgh, a Stanley Cup champion two of the past three years and a Stanley Cup contender right now with Jack Johnson. But but Torch said, boy, I can't imagine our guys playing against Jack Johnson and what's going to happen. So he's threatened Johnson, however extractly, with violence. And then he talked about what a great relationship him and Jack Johnson had in Columbus, which to my understanding, up until now, is true. And up. Uh, then Torch said, well, I had him on the Olympic team. I had him on the World Cup team. And Torch kind of implied that Torch was the reason Johnson got picked. I thought that was a little bit of a cheap a cheap uh, thing to say because that implies that, oh, I did him a favor 
He wasn't. He was borderline, but I did him a favor. I don't know. I just think Torts is a is a jerk, and very rarely does he say anything that have uh, has proven me wrong. Oh, this just in. The Penguins have lost the key figure. The Anaheim Ducks have signed Carter Ronnie to a contract. Carter, if you're listening, I'll drive you to the airport. Heck, I'll drive you to Anaheim. So long, it's been good to know you. Let's talk to John and Slippery Rock. John, you're on with the Super Genius. What up, Big Sexy? What up, man? Hey, um, you're thinking about like who we're going to trade, who we're going to dump. Um, I don't know. I, I got a feeling we'll keep Broussard. I mean, um, what do you think about this? Is Haglin's last year of his contract, isn't it? What bro, do you think bro about- every, everyone wants to trade Haglin. Everybody, no, everybody, thinking, everybody, everybody I, you know. no, listen, shut up and listen. Everybody wants to trade Haglin because it can open up cap space because he doesn't score much and he's overpaid with a cap hit of $4 million. Why would anybody want the guy who doesn't score that has a cap hit of $4 million? What sense would that make for anyone to take him? Well, I, I guess it's true. I'm just thinking, you know, Broussard might be a bigger piece. We can move him to win. Yeah, again, uh, you're Haglund, ignoring Haglund's what I said. You're ignoring what I said. Tell yes, me sir. how to trade the guy who doesn't score that makes $4 million. I guess that makes sense. It really does. And plus, I think you're underestimating Haglund's value. I keep calling him a pace car. With that four-check, the Penguin speed, he gets things going. And he's a good player later in the season and in the playoffs. And he's great on the penalty kill, too. I, there's no doubt about it. He's, he is important. He does, you don't see him on the score sheet, but he is an important part of the team. Thank you for the call, John. I always laugh at people. say, like, get rid of this guy and open up cap space. Right, because it'll be so easy to get rid of that guy and burden another team with the same useless cap space. Except to the Penguins, Haglin isn't useless. Far from it, in fact. Let's go to Nick in the car. Nick, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. This is Nick. Uh, so you were talking about where are we going to play five centers. And I think Rutherford keeps all five of them on the roster, at least to start the season. And in typical Sullivan fashion, I think a lot of them are going to play some on the wing, some on the center, maybe even a little bit of scratch. So I think we see Broussard. Well, who, who, would be, who would be scratched? Uh, of those centers, who would be scratched? Uh, probably Colin. Okay, I, I was I, I was hoping you'd say Broussard so I could ridicule you, but but good job. Um, I'm not yeah, an I, idiot. <laughs> I, I tend, well, you never know. Most are. Uh, if Cullen's the guy who plays like 40 or 50 games as a spare part, I think that's a good role for him, assuming they keep all five centers. In fact, let's say they do trade a center. Nick, and Cullen plays 82 games, how effective is Cullen going to be at the end of the season? Yeah, he might run out of gas, and I think that might be Rutherford's play, you know? Keep five guys, rotate them around, maybe only play Cullen every now and then, especially early in the season, keep him fresh and ready to go for the playoffs. If you need another piece and Broussard isn't working out, come November, December, when Rutherford likes to make trades, pull the trigger. I think it's a possible play. That that's good analysis on your part. It, it's one option for him to be sure. You know what's gonna you know what's gonna bother Sullivan going into the season, don't you, Nick? What's that? What doesn't he have at center? Right handed. Yep, a right hand Nick, you know your stuff. A right handed face off option. Call yep. back anytime. We like you. You're all right. <laughs> you know you know what's going on. That's Nick. Get out of here now, Nick. Starting to get on my nerves with your acting like a know it all stuff like that. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. 
Riley Nash uh, just signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets yesterday, and he said about Artemi Panarin, who wants out and won't sign an extension. He's a world-class player, world-class skill. In my opinion, he should stay. We have the best opportunity to win the Cup in the next couple of years. Hopefully, we get off to a hot start, and he wants to sign a multi-year extension. Oh, poor, poor, poor Riley Nash. What a dope. Played for the Bruins. Goes to Columbus and starts telling all these porky pies about how they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Riley, 18 years, four playoff bursts, no series win, first on exit last year, blew a two games to none lead. Riley, what evidence do you have to suggest, even imply, even a 10% chance that they could win a Stanley Cup in the next couple years? Riley, they won't even win a playoff series in the next couple years. And it won't surprise me if they don't even make the playoffs this coming year. Talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Mark? A lot of gibberish, a lot of booze, a lot of public urination. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, what's your take on the torts rant? Who is the villain here? Is it Rutherford? Is it Jack Johnson? Or is it John Tortorella? First of all, I loved every bit of it last night, following along with it. I was laughing my head off because, I mean, the players in this play here, you've got the agitator, Jim Rutherford, who knows probably exactly what he's doing, but I don't know if he meant to. I don't know if he was going to get the the reaction he got from Tortorella. Well, for I don't understand what Jim could have been implying. That there was a, a a deeper picture to Jack Johnson being scratched in the playoffs and him not playing well, and, and Aaron Portsline explained it uh, very succinctly. He thinks that Johnson didn't end the season playing well and wasn't moving the puck well, and they wanted more mobility and puck movement in the backs they played Nadevar. And, and I just don't believe, as despicable and distasteful. As I find John Tortorella, Bob, right. I can't believe he would sabotage his playoff lineup to indulge a grudge. Furthermore, it didn't seem like there was a grudge between Johnson and Tortorella. Well, I could see Tortorella maybe losing it so much with one player that he sits him down to teach him a lesson, but not for an entire playoff series. You know, I agree with you there. He's not going to sabotage I don't even anything. think he'd do it for a single playoff game. Regular season, yes. But, but again, I don't see where the friction was between the two. There's no record of it. Right, and that's what uh, Aaron Portsline also confirmed in the 3 o'clock hour, and you see other stories coming out about that. Um, I think maybe I do buy into the thought that uh, GMJR was looking to make this deal sound a little bit better by maybe putting the circumstances as to what happened with you know him in Columbus maybe trying to explain a little bit more that way that it wasn't such a good pairing there and then it's going to be a much better fit here in Pittsburgh and maybe he felt like he did have to do a sell, sell job because of all the reaction on social media and in the regular press. I don't think press. Jim saw the social media. What about the regular press? Because it was out there also. I don't know. I don't know. Although, you know where the regular press uh, let the whole deal down and I'm guilty of this as anybody? We reported what social media was saying. And I regret doing that because what the people out there say don't matter at all. It doesn't matter even a little bit. No, you're right. And then, look, this might be you know him just laying out the welcome mat for Jack Johnson in Pittsburgh, and maybe it was a you know 
Maybe he misspoke a little bit, and I can see why Tortorella was upset at it, but I agree with you. We sounded like a maniac. Well, F only- this, F that, F the other thing. John Tortorella sounded like a maniac, and believe me, he's going to get fired. Uh, if, if he's still there at Christmas, I'll be shocked. Yeah, we've seen other GM coach, GM G- versus GM spats before. Um, never really one goes off you like this. You know what this. else about Torts, too? I never saw Torts play because he was so bad, I never would have had a chance. I wonder if Torts ever got in a fight. He reminds me of one of those guys, yap, 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 but has never thrown a punch in his life. Case in point, remember when he was coaching Vancouver and he tried to charge into the other team's dressing room? Absolutely. We didn't really try to charge in until there were guys there to block. Hold him back, yeah. Right, right. When there was an open path, he didn't charge. When somebody blocked, then he charged. I mean, that that's typical of what I believe John Tortorella to be, which is all show and no go. I don't know. Uh, with that temper... I'd have to think that maybe once, twice, three times he ignited and just couldn't help himself because it seemed well, like he couldn't help himself in that interview. What about what Johnson said? Oh, I think that that was just, you know, maybe a poor choice of words that was taken, you know, on their side to be much more um, inflammatory, and I don't think he meant that well, at no, all. I, I took it as a slap at Columbus, but very unintentionally so. I think Jack was just so excited to be coming to Pittsburgh, where they've won three Stanley Cups inside of a decade and two Stanley Cups inside of the last three years. And what did he say that was wrong? I mean, in Columbus, they just try to make the playoffs, and they've never won a series. Here in Pittsburgh, the expectations are much higher. Right. I think Jack Johnson was just trying to put the best face on the situation. Uh, You know, people are meeting him for the first time. He just wanted to say the right things, and this is a winning organization. That's how he described it. And sure, they're going to take it as a slap in Columbus, but I don't think he meant that. And I know that there were apologies right afterwards uh, to some people in the Columbus media to say that's not what I meant at all. Yeah, and he, he I believe he called Portsline uh, and some other Columbus right. media people because Jack plans to live in Columbus when his career's over. He lives right down the street from the Umburgers, I bet. <laughs> I didn't know that. Now, now, uh, now what well, about maybe Matt- he's not playing in that anymore after what, this. What about the Matt Cullen signing? Did that Shocked. surprise you? It, it really did. Really cheap. It re- oh, yeah. That's league minimum, right? Now, what do you make of his wife making him, or so Cully said, his wife demanding he play in Minnesota last year or not at all, and now he comes back to Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, the wife saying, you know, putting her input in that, there's still a paycheck coming along with it. Maybe well, this it, year, that's 650,000 reasons why you should play here, in here's, Pittsburgh. Here's the two things I can, I can see. Either... Matt's wife never said that, never meant that, and he used that as an excuse to leave last year. Or like you said, this was the only team that offered, and she wants to keep getting paid, yo. Well, like I said, I'm going to go with the 650,000-plus reasons for him to come back to Pittsburgh. Collie's been in the league for like roughly 1,000 years right now. I mean, seriously, he's 41, right? You don't think he has enough money yet? 41 or 40? He'll be 42, though, right? Oh, whatever. He's old. I I think he's 42. Oh, okay, so don't you think he has enough money by now? Yeah, but Mark, you think you have enough, but maybe there's another person in that equation that says six plus 650 would be fine also. Well, once again, we're trying to... Oh, he's 41 right now, and he's been in the league since 1997. Well, if he doesn't have enough money, he either has a deviated septum or a gambling problem <laughs> or, or God knows what. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. We got Bob Grove at 515. In just a moment, we'll keep making fun of John Tortorella. 105.90X.